Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. Well, good morning. Hey, that's what I want to hear. Y'all been shouting and screaming during worship, and then I get up here and you go, huh? Man, it's a good day. Um, before we get knee-deep into the series that we've been in the last couple of weeks, um, which is uh, Grace So Free, um, and actually those last couple songs really are the epitome of what we're trying to communicate about God's grace in the world that we live in, that it's amazing grace, which we're literally going to take a look at today. But I got a couple housekeeping things first, okay? So the first thing is this. We have baptism today, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be like we have over 20, like 23 people being baptized today on this campus and another three or four at the other campus. So it's going to be great. We have 12, I think, in this service. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, We'll talk a little bit um, more about that in a few minutes. But one of the things that we love to do around here is we love to be a resource to our community. We love to be endearing to our community. And um, over the years past, we've done this thing called Operation Backpack. It's where we've bought backpacks and we stuffed them. And what we have found out from a lot of the teachers is that not every kid that gets or has needs gets those needs filled. Or sometimes it's they go to three or four different places that are doing backpacks. And unfortunately, what happens sometimes is they go and sell them back and they take the money for, you know, the parents, whatever else. And so we've been praying over the last couple of years, how do we efficiently do something in our community? And what we have found out, and if you're a teacher, you're going to say amen. I didn't know this. I apologize for not knowing this. But what happens in the world that we live in, a lot of the schools, is the teachers are responsibility, uh, responsible for a lot of their own supplies. And so um, it, it's really left up to them to buy the extra stuff. And so what we decided to do is we are going to make sure that every teacher, and it's three or four schools right now uh, in our area, and here down in Sherwood, that they're going to be resourced. So I need you to do me a huge favor, okay? We're gonna, this is the only time I'm going to ever allow you to pull your phone out for or anything other than the message map, okay? So if you're sitting in a, in a seat that has a seat back, you have one of these. I need you to pull it out real quick, okay? And if, you're, if you sit in the front, thanks for sitting in the front. <laughs> you can get one of the, uh, the hosts. I'll help you out later with that, okay? And see this thing right here? For us old people, this is called a QR code, right? This is nothing, it's like this is, there's a function to this. And so I want you to pull your phone out real fast. Pull your phone If you have the one that Jesus used, Apple, it'll be easy. I don't know about the other stuff, but I want you to pull your phone out and open up your camera, okay? Open up your camera, and then I want you to scan this QR code. And what it's going to do is going to take you to a place, and when it'll have a a, a yellow or a white box around it. You just, you you push that box, and all of a sudden, it's going to take you somewhere, and it's going to take you to this list right here of all the supplies that we need. And I'm telling you, this church over the last 20 years has been one of the most generous churches I've ever heard about. And I, I believe that in this moment right now, we're going to do the same exact, exact thing. So over the next, like, like when you leave here, that QR code is going to be there. You got this right here, pull it up. And then you can buy these supplies and you can bring them back next week with you. Or you can, if they're big items, you can just have them shipped to Journey Community Church. It's already part of the process. You don't have to do anything like that. And we'll make sure that the teachers get it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to finish this thing up. We're going to finish strong on this. Somebody say amen to that. Okay. So that's it for the housekeeping. I don't do very much housekeeping. I like to talk about Jesus a lot. So, but before we talk about Jesus today, I'm going to ask you a question, a very serious question. I need you to have your best thinking caps. If you're a little younger, I apologize. You may not get this, but I want you to think about the most recognizable songs in the course of history. 
course of history. Number six, number six. Okay, I'll go back with number six. Wanted dead or alive by Bon Jovi. Because if I go, bow, now, 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 everybody knows the next part, right? All right. Nobody, so who doesn't know that song? Do you even know where Journey Community Church is? All right, so when you get home, wanted dead or alive. If you've seen Deadliest Catch, it's the theme song for Deadliest Catch. Okay, number five. Like, you guys are going to love this. The Eagles, Hotel California. Number five, right? Like, you ever, on a long highway, cool wind in my hand. Makes you feel like you're, right? All right, number, number four. Now, this is for some of the young. If you were the 80s, 90s, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. How many people know what song that is? Okay, so pretty recognizable. Now, it starts to get kind of interesting. If you're older than me, you probably know number three is John, Leg uh, John Lennon, not John Legend. John Lennon, Imagine. That's a pretty big one, right? Okay, now we're down to the last two. On the count of three, tell me which one you think is the number one. One, two, three. You're all wrong. Number two. Number two, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. Right? Y'all with me on that? Like, when you hear that guitar, like, you just go, we're, we're in for 12 good minutes. Like, it's going to be the best 12 minutes of our day. Uh, number one song. This surprised me a little bit, and it's actually two songs combined. We Will Rock You and Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's a commercial right now. Most recognizable songs. Well, it made me think, what's the most recognizable Christian song? Now, I'm gonna, we just sang it. It's Amazing Grace. It's one of like, like, you know, it's, it's been some like 20 different artists have done it. It's been in a bunch of shows. They, they do it right before somebody dies. You know, they play Amazing Grace. You've probably heard it on bagpipes. It's the most recognizable song. But you know what I thought? What's the story behind the song? Because there is a story behind the song. John Newton was the writer of it. Now, I'm going to say some things that I don't necessarily agree that he did, but it was the times and it was something that was part of his story. He was a slave trader. His dad was a slave trader. As a matter of fact, his dad was killed in a boat bringing slaves from Africa back to England. Well, John's in the boat and they're involved in this huge storm. It's an 11-hour storm. And I love the story behind the story. It's one of those deals where he's holding the boat and trying to hold it and try to hold it into the wind and making sure it doesn't capsize. And he had already been writing some words about, uh, down. And he was realizing that he was a wretch, that he was, without God, he was hopeless and helpless. But on the bottom of the boat, there was hundreds of slaves that were from Africa. And they were humming this, this tune. And it went something like this. Is it recognizable? And all of a sudden, he started penning the words to Amazing Grace. So it was a combination of all that. So he realizes in this moment, what a wretch. 11 hours later, they make it back to the England, and he sets all the slaves free. And he becomes, instead of a slave trader, he becomes one of the biggest advocates for anti-slave trading. And actually, right before he died at 82, they signed a, 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 an agreement in England that there would never be any more slave trading. At 82, right before he was ready to die, he writes this down. He started losing his mind. And this was a saying that he said all the time. He says that I am great. This is the two things I know. That I am a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. Like so many of us know the, the words of amazing grace, but do we really know what amazing grace is? 
Do, do we know how it impacts our life? And this series has been really from front to back about this thing. And it's, it's a theology of grace, and I can give you all kinds of big words like manifested favor and vouchsafement, and we go scratch it. Like, I have no clue what that means. How about this? Sin leads us, Bobby, human, humanity, to its worst moment, but grace covers them because of Jesus' worst moment. Because of Jesus going to the cross, he covers our sin. This is what we've determined over the last several weeks. That God changed the rules in the middle of our story to let us off the hook. That's what grace is. That in the middle of our story, whatever that story looked like, we get to this moment, this catalyst moment with Jesus, and we say, Jesus, we need you. We need you in our lives. So God changed the story. And God treats us better than we deserve to be treated because of who he is, not because of who I am. Did you hear me? He doesn't treat me good because of who I am. He treats me good because of who he is. It's his character. Anybody, anybody remember? I don't even know if they do it anymore. Cartoon strips. Like I, I remember like we would get the paper every day. For you young people, it was paper. <laughs> Black and white, and it had a comic. There was obituaries in there. There was a sports section. Um, but but, but I, I used to love to go to the, we called it the funny pages. Anybody remember the funny pages? So one of my favorite ones was Dennis the Menace and Farside. But Dennis the Menace, I can't talk about Farside at church, but Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Dennis and Menace was hysterical, but him and a friend, we'll call him Joey, they went over to Miss, Miss Wilson's house. Y'all remember the Mr. Wilson and Miss Wilson? They were like, you know, he was the one that was always getting in trouble and like doing things at his house. Well, Miss Wilson gave them a bunch of cookies that day. And Dennis goes to his friend, he goes, and he says, isn't it interesting? We are so good that she gave us all these cookies. And he said, it's not because we're so good that she gave us the cookies. It's that she's so good that he gave it, she gave us the cookies. That's what Jesus did for us when we were far from him. He took the cross for us. That's what grace is, that because of his character. See, this is his character. I remember last week I told you guys this. I had a friend of mine ask me like, about the New Testament and the Old Testament God, that they must be drastically different. And I said, listen, they're the same God. you got to read the right scriptures, though. Now listen to what it says in Psalms 103, verse 10. He says, he does not punish us for our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we, what's that next word? Just, that's grace. As we deserve. We deserve one thing. Remember grace and mercy? Two-sided coin. Love is the coin. Grace is on one side. Love's on the, um, um, uh, mercy's on one side. Grace is on the other. That's what he's talking about. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And what? You can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. That's the God. That's the God that we serve. Psalms 103, David wrote it like this. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with what things? He's not just waiting around the corner for us to, to, to squash us like a bug. He wants to give good things because he's a good God. And then he says, my youth is renewed like an eagle's. Here's a truth that many of us miss, though. Here, you ready? This is a big one. For, here's, we, we think of grace, I, I've preached about it the last couple of weeks, as more of an eternity thing. That because of grace, we get to go to eternity. But you know what I'm finding out in my life? There's everyday grace too. There's grace today. There's grace tomorrow. There's grace the next day to get me through the struggles of my life. And if we miss that, we've missed the character of who God is. 
So today we're going to look at a passage of scripture. It's written by Hezekiah. He's not a major writer. He was a king at the time. He was actually one that restored. It's a psalm. Psalms have been written by David and, 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 and Moses and several other writers. But Hezekiah, he's the king at the time, and he writes this. And it's a journeyman or a pilgrim's story of him going to Jerusalem to get ready to worship God. And so he writes this stuff in, 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 in Psalms 121. I want to read the whole thing, and I want to go back, and we want to backfill it a little bit, okay? So Psalms 121.1. I look up to the mountains. Does, does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not stumble or slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself will watch over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. That's a psalm as a, as, as a, as a pilgrim going from one place to another. And he's looking and you go, okay, now here's what we got to understand. There's a lot of poetry here. There's a lot of word pictures that he's trying to paint that describe God. So for the next couple minutes, 15 minutes or so, let's look at some of those word pictures and how they impact us and what that passage actually means. And the first thing I think we all need to get that God extends his grace when life is uncertain. How many people feel like we live in uncertain times right now? You know what? I'm finding out in the uncertainty of life, that's when God pours out his grace, the everyday. How many people have ever been to Haiti before, maybe on a trip with me or a trip with Journey or maybe with another church? You've been to Haiti. Uh, a couple of you were on the trip I'm going to talk about. We got asked if we wanted to go up to this waterfall. And it was way up in the mountain. And it was, it was so beautiful. Like, you look up there and it's all fir, you know, ferns and, and evergreens and all that. And we're at the base of the mountain and it's kind of desert. And we start making our way up. And what we quickly realized is this trip was going to be tough. As a matter of fact, about three quarters of the way up, I was wanting to quit. Like I, I had all I could handle because it was way rougher than I thought it was going to be. But from the ground, it looked beautiful. From the ground, it looked like this beautiful place. And they told us that when we get to the top, there's this beautiful waterfall. I mean, hundreds of feet. And everybody's like, you got to get there. You got to get there. Like I said, about three quarters of the way up, I was about to give up because you know what? I wasn't sure of the path and the uncertainties along the way to the point where sometimes we were scaling rocks. Other times we were having to slide down little waterfalls. And at 50-something years old, we don't do a lot of sliding. We do a lot of rolling and falling. I mean, halfway up, we had these, these three Haitian um, teenagers. They were guides. And I told one of them, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, you know, Pastor Bobby, why would you? I'm like, because you have led me astray. Like, you've told me, you're like, it's easy, right, Tim? It's easy. You were with me on that trip. It's easy. It's easy. I get back home, and I said, I'm like, like, I will never, ever go back up there again. Anybody ever feel like that in life sometimes? You look at the mountain, you look how beautiful they are, and then you start... See, that's exactly what he's saying here. Hezekiah is looking at the mountain into the, uh, the, the, the region of Jerusalem, and he's saying this, he goes, I look at the mountain, is my strength coming from the mountain? He says, no, no, you know why? Because in those mountains are danger. Thieves and robbers would stay at the cliffs and they would jump on top of these caravans that would come through. It was dangerous. There was nothing safe about these places. And so when Hezekiah is saying, I look up to the mountains, does my help come from there? He says, no, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will, he will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, 
Never who, who watches over us, never slumber. He's talking about the danger that's involved up there. You know what I've learned? Looking at the danger, and this is what he says, looking at them, they don't scare me, but when you get involved in the mountain, it scares you, doesn't it? And the, the mountains of life, I'm talking about figuratively, the mountains of life. Can I let you in on a huge secret today? God is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every minute of your life, God is with you. And God not only is with you, God is for you. Even in the mountains of life, even when you're struggling, even when you're going back and forth on those switchbacks, Here's what I want. You got to get this. The mountains of life are, you can't avoid them. You can't get away. In order to get to the place where God wants us to go so many times, we've got to go through the mountain or over the mountain. But it's in those moments we realize, and what Hezekiah is realizing, that God was, God was going to be there. Now, I'm going to say that. Does that mean nothing bad can ever happen to you? Well, you know something? I'm having a little different viewpoint on this. Actually, yes. It's exactly what it means. Nothing bad can ever happen to you. Now, let me, let, me, let me quantify this, because some of you are going, whoa, what are you doing? You know, you're starting to sound like Joel Osteen now. Hold on a second. God has made us a wonderful promise in Scripture. Now, let me read it to you. Romans 8, 28. And we know, you, you know which one I'm reading now? And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You know what that means? Even in the midst of the mountain. I love the saying, but God. Even in the midst of the struggle, but God. And isn't it amazing? Those people are, have faith inside them. They look at sometimes the mountain. They go, you know something? I, I don't understand it, but, but God's going God's to get me through. That divorce, I didn't understand, but God got me through. That, that, that financial problem, that cancer, that, that God, but God's going to get me through it. See, that's the perspective that God, that's everyday grace. That's everyday grace. That's the grace of God at work in your life today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So that's the first thing. Second thing is this. I want us to understand that God extends his grace when the heat is on. You know what I'm talking about? You ever get in, the heat is on. Like it's, it, the, the heat, I'm not talking about with your spouse. I'm talking about when life just, I'm talking about it's, 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 it's hard. I, I remember um, a, lo a lot of you guys fish. I got asked to go fishing with a guy. Now, I like fishing in a boat, and I like fishing in a boat on the, on, 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 on the lake where I can control everything. But a guy asked me to go kayak fishing. Anybody ever been kayak fishing? And so he puts us on this river. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the Chattooga. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's going to be a piece of cake. And so we're fishing, and I'm catching fish, and ooh, there's another one, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably 20 into it with trout, and 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 little, and then all of a sudden I hear this, and he goes, hey, we got to pull the boat over the side. I'm like, why? He said, because there's a class four rapid right up here. And I'm like, how are we going to get down it? He said, we got to. Going back up to the truck. Right? But you know what? In that moment, the heat was on. How am I going to handle? What am I going to do? And I remember, he told me a couple little small things. Don't fall out of the boat. And if I fall out of the boat, don't get lodged underneath a rock. The heat on. Watch what it says. Because I believe this is what God, verse five, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you. And I love this little word for, picture as protective shade. 
that when the heat is on, in the middle of the struggle, you know what? I made it down there. And I got down there, and I hit the guy with a boat paddle. <laughs> like, don't you ever? He goes, oh, there's only one more. I'm like, <laughs> do, do y'all remember the story of the children of Israel when they're walking through the wilderness? Do, do, do y'all remember? If you don't remember, it's fine, because I'm going to tell you anyway. But by day, by day, there was a cloud over top of them because the sun would have killed them. God protected them by day. By day, there was this cloud, so it, it got cooler in, in, in the desert. And, you know, put yourself, they're, they're in the desert. They're not, like, just walking around, like, you know, Fern Gully or something. They're working in the, walking in the, and by night, there was a pillar of fire. And some people, some people go, well, it was just there for guidance. No, I think it was there for protection, too. Yes, the, the pillar guided them where they needed to go in the, in, in the in, in, you know, in the desert. And I believe the, the cloud was in front of them and all that kind of stuff. But I also believe in, in the heat of the battle, those things were protecting them. See, here's what I've learned. It's not always the uncertainties of tomorrow that bother me. It's the certainties of today that bother me. It's, I know this is going to happen. I, I know this situation. I have a friend of mine that, you know, we were on the backside, hopefully, of COVID. Uh, but right after COVID, we had an economic recession and we had all kinds of problems in our society. I mean, interest rates, what things that would have cost us a fraction now cost us 40 and 50 and 60%. Materials are like, and so he was telling me about his business. He said, man, I barely made it through COVID and then this recession hit. And I said, what are you going to do? And he goes, you know something? He said, I'm just going to keep plugging along. And I said, well, what if, what, what if you have to close the business up? And I'm telling you, I, I wanted to like, just grab him. And he was like, if I close the business down, I close the business down. And I'm like, what are you talking, like, you can't be like that. And I remember we were having this conversation. He goes, closing the business down is not the worst thing that can ever happen to me. I'll just start over. He said, I haven't lost my Jesus. And that's more important than anything. In the middle of the battle, in the middle of the uncertainties of today, he has the faith to go, you know something? And I said, what about this? Your reputation will be tainted. People will think that you've, you know, filed bankrupt and, you know, all these bills and all, you're just going to kind of, you know, he goes, you know something? I will at the same time rebuild my reputation as I rebuild my business. God is going to be with me, period. And I'm like, oh my gosh, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of a fire, in the middle of the heat, God is with us. Even when, so Thursday, how many people know it's been pretty hot? Anybody gone outside lately? Like, fat boy, we, we walk outside and just start to drip. So I figured I'd do something really smart. I'd go play golf on Thursday at 1.30. 1.30. So we're playing, and I get about eight holes, and I'm, my wife tells me two things every time I go play golf. Make sure you stretch, and now, because it's summertime, stay hydrated. Okay, so I drink water and I'm drinking all these drinks and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I found this past week? Every time we stopped because we were waiting for somebody else, I would pull over into the shade. And you want to know something about the shade? It's shady. And it's not out in the middle of the sun. And it's a lot cooler. And that's what God says he'll do in the heat of the battle. He didn't say he's going to take the battle away. He didn't say he was going to take the heat away. He just said he's going to provide shade in those moments. Isn't that powerful? That in the midst of the, of the stuff that's going on in our lives, he's going to provide something for us. The same. That's the grace of God in our lives. That's how the grace of God works in our lives. He may not take your heat away, but I'll guarantee you he'll provide shade while you're in the heat. Somebody has been through that, say amen to that. In the middle of it, in the middle of the storm, he'll, he'll provide that shade. I'm going to give you the last thing here. last thing is God extends his grace. In your darkest hour. Not just when the heat's on, but in your darkest hour. And watch this. The sun will not harm you by day, 
And this is strange. Nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. You know what he's referring to here? Word picture. The darkness of our fears. The darkness of our loneliness. The darkness of our pain. It's the darkness when you're at the doctor's office and you hear the word cancer. Darkness. It's the darkness when a spouse says that they want a divorce. That's the darkness. When a child admits that they have a drug problem or an unexpected pregnancy, that's the darkness. Or the darkness when somebody close to you dies. The darkness. The darkness when you fight a losing battle over and over again with sin. The darkness. Everybody in this room knows what I'm talking about. See, that's what he's talking about right there. The moon, the darkness of the moon. It's that moment where you don't want to, you want to be a recluse. You want to shut the door and drop the shades down and you just want to lay in bed. He says, I'll protect you in those moments. See, the events, those kind of things bring great darkness in our lives. Fear, panic, regret. And those are the times that God's grace watches over us most. In the book of Romans, Paul writes these words. He says this. You'll probably remember or recognize, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm going to read the whole thing in context. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? The answer to that, no. Does it mean he no longer loves us when we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Scripture says, for your sake you will be killed. Every day you will be slaughtered like sheep. That's from Psalms 44. And then in verse 37 it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. That's what he's talking about. When Hezekiah writes about the dangers of the sun and the dangers of the moon, that's exactly what he's talking about, that you don't have to fear. I don't have to fear the darkness. And here's the deal. God is not watching me from a distance. God is right next to me. How many people are my age that you remember the song by Bette Midler, From a Distance? Anybody remember that song? Great song, cute song, right? Not true. God is not watching us from a distance. The Bible says we're two or three are gathered. He's right there in the midst. He's right there. The Bible says he's closer to us than, than a brother. That means he's right there in the midst of that. So in the midst of all of our struggles and our trials and our uh, you know, persecutions and our, our, our stuff that's going on in life, he's right there. He's with you when you face the uncertainties of life. Somebody say amen to that. When you don't know which way to go, you don't know to go left or right or straight or backwards, he's right there with you. He's with you when you're going through the fiery trials of life, offering you shade and sun. He's there when you face your darkest hour. Verse 7 says, and the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come, as you go, both now and forever. And I have been trying to figure out what was that supposed to mean when you come and you go. You know how I figured it out? It's everything you do in your life. It's the coming and going to church. It's the coming and going to work. It's the coming and going to see your kids. It's the coming and going to your whatever you want to add in. that. That's where God is. This is what I've determined. That's why it's called amazing grace. Because it's with us all the time. Not just heaven. I'm thankful for heaven. Some of you should say amen to thankful for heaven. But I'm thankful for this side of eternity. That's why John 10.10 is so powerful. I came to give you life and give you life to the fullest. That's not just heaven. That's right here. He wants us to have the fullest life we could possibly have. 
Now, some of you are going, okay, I want, I want to experience this. How do I experience God's amazing grace? Maybe this is the first time you, the only way you can do it is ask for it. And the only person that can give it to you is Jesus. See, it's him dying on the cross that gives us the amazing grace. It's because of what he's done. I shared last week, we can fix a lot of things. We can't fix death. There's nobody in this room has figured out how to fix death, right? And I shared about Chick-fil-A. We're all in a pickle, right? Did I not share it in this service? We're all in a pickle. A pickle never goes back to a cucumber, does it? And because of sin, we can never go back to being perfect. And what we talked about in week one, Adam and Eve destroyed it for us. Creator and creation was broken. And because of that, we needed to have Jesus going across 2,000 years ago. That's amazing grace. Now I want to pray over us. And some of you are here today going, you know, I want some of that. Right now in my life, my life is in turmoil right now. I'm going to tell you, and I'd like to introduce you to my best friend. His name is Jesus. You don't have to come up front to meet him. You don't have to go to a back room. You don't have to fill out a card. Have a conversation with him right now. Just go, I need you, I need you number one in my life. Or maybe, maybe today you haven't realized up to this point that there is amazing grace daily. And you're going, God, I'm going through this turmoil. I'm going through this struggle, this marriage, this sickness, whatever it is. And I need you to drop in my life and I need your amazing grace. When I get done praying, I'm going to ask everybody who is being baptized to come down and we'll start baptism. And baptism around here is a big old party. And we're going to shout and we're going to scream and we're going to worship. We're going to have a blast. But maybe you came today and you did not come prepared to be baptized. Maybe you're upstairs in the balcony. Maybe you're down at Sherwood because Sherwood's going to be doing baptisms down there or in our atrium. I'm just going to encourage you. Even if you didn't come prepared, we have everything you need. If you decide to be baptized today, we will put you in dry clothes to go home. Don't miss this opportunity for God to do what he wants to do in your life and my life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's in this moment. We're about to do the thing I love most at Journey. I love, I love it when we do creative stuff. I love worship. But I love the visible of life change. And God, I have to believe there's people in this room, not just people that are walking up uh, right now to be baptized, but there's people sitting in chairs. There's people you know, sitting, sitting in, in the couches. There's people watching online. And you're going right now, I need to know that Jesus that you were talking about, Bobby. I need to know him today. Lean into it. Just have a conversation with him, please. God, I need you in my life. I need you right now. I need your grace today. I'm all for the whole heaven. But man, right now, this side of eternity seems a lot like hell. And I need you to move in my life. And so God, I pray for those folks that maybe you're making decisions today. I also pray for the folks that are being baptized today that, that this would be a declaration the public display of what's going on on the inside that they're telling the whole entire world who Jesus is. So thank you for the opportunity to be a part of this. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.